Hello, everyone. My name is Joel, and you're tuned in to the Bonfire Podcast. Bonfire is brought to you by Camp Jojo, a very special summer camp for young adults that have lost a friend or loved one to suicide. This is our very first episode, which means we might screw it up. So I apologize in <laughs> advance if uh, any of our audio levels are off. Feel free to comment. We are live on Facebook right now, and the podcast will publish where all popular podcasts can be found. Um, and you should be able to listen to that on Monday, June 8th. Uh, my name, again, is Joel, and I am joined by some dear friends of mine, Stephanie, Shay, Danielle, and Karina. You guys will get to know them in a, in a little bit. And that lead-in song was done by Aaron Baskin. He is our music man, our magic maker at summer camp, and uh, he put that together for us. So thank you, Aaron. Um, so what is the bonfire? So anyone that's gone to summer camp knows that the campfire is where all the magic happens. And um, all of us have worked at camps in different capacities, and we felt that this is the place where real change can happen. And we believe that young adults can be the spark for change and today's episode is focused on Black Lives Matter. If you ever want to reach out to us, you have an idea for the show, you want to ask a question, you can email us at bonfirepod at gmail.com. Again, that's bonfirepod at gmail.com. And we would love to have as much interaction with this show as possible. Again, we are on Facebook Live, so if you want to ask a question right there in the chat, we will keep an eye on that and do our best to, to include your questions in the show. Awesome. So without further ado, um, we're going to just jump right into introductions. So I'll hand it over to Karina. Hello, my name is Karina Greenberg. Um, I'm here in Austin, Texas. I'm 21 years old. I'm white. I'm double majoring in film and media studies and anthropology. And I hope to one day make socially conscious films or documentaries as well as continue mental health advocacy awesome thanks karina danielle hi y'all my name is danielle mariner i am 22 year old african-american biracial woman with a lifetime commitment to activism i'm coming to you from denver colorado and i've just finished woohoo undergraduate school with a bachelor's degree in sociology and a minor in leadership good job and I'll pass you down to my friend, Shay. Hey, guys. I'm Shay Matthews. Um, I'm 24 years old. I'm an African-American woman. Um, I work at daycares, and I do a little bit of um, church youth programs. And, yeah, that's it about me. I just love to involve myself around kids. And where are you, uh, where are you calling us from today, Shay? Oh, Cincinnati, Ohio. What, what? Cincinnati? <laughs> Stephanie, say hi to everybody. Hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the Denver metro area. I'm white, and I'm also what we call a third culture child, meaning that I've lived all over the world. Oh, cool. And uh, where are you at today? Denver. Denver. Um, well, I guess that leaves me. My name is Joel Van Egbert. I'm the camp director at Camp Jojo, um, and... Golly, I uh, I uh, am a diversity instructor. I, I got my certification from the Underground Railroad Freedom Center. Um, I also have a minor in African-American studies um, where I was the only white guy in the entire class. That's a story for another time. Um, I am white, just like I said. And um, 
I really believe that people talking face to face can make the world a better place. So that really is what this is all about. And uh, with everything going on in the world, I mean, let's let's be honest. We have riots across the country. Um, people are very um, impassioned and sometimes upset about police treatment of people of color and systematic racism. And so literally as we talk, I know there's about 10,000 people marching in Denver right now. Um, and there's also a pandemic, COVID-19. Um, I checked there's over 400,000 deaths across the world. And uh, the United States is creeping up towards 120,000 deaths. So it is a very interesting time. And I guess we couldn't pick a better time to try to create a podcast. Um, so let's go. We're going to jump back a little bit. And part of this show is we, we, we like journaling. Journaling's good. And it doesn't always have to be a pen on paper. It could be you using the recording app on your phone and just kind of taking a walk and recording your thoughts. You could film yourself. Um, avatar style. You could um, write it all down. You could type it all up. But um, journaling is a pretty healthy practice. Stephanie, why why would you recommend people journal? Um, what what are some of the positive benefits from that? I think journaling can be done several different ways, and it's positive because it allows us to put pen to paper or art media to paper, and it gives people an opportunity to be present with their thoughts. Maybe a second to kind of tune out from the world and kind of focus on where they're standing, um, how issues are affecting them, how they want to feel the issue and what they want to do regarding issues. Um, I also love too that journaling allows us an opportunity to look back as we grow and change as people on a deeper emotional and spiritual level. That's great. Um, so yeah, if you want to listen to our podcast, which we hope you do, um, get yourself a journal or some sort of method of journaling. Um, also, if you have any apps that you really like, there's some journaling apps out there. Uh, well, my favorite one is One Second Every Day, where it takes a video of one second of every day, and then it magically puts it all together, and it's a really cool thing to look back and reflect on. So get a cool journal. Maybe we'll have some uh, Bonfire Podcast journal that we can uh, help you guys out with later as the show progresses. And Stephanie, what is uh, today's journal topic? Yeah, so on our first episode today of the Black Lives Matter and how we can help, we came up with some collective journaling ideas. So some things that we think might be important for you to journal on after listening to today's episode is how are these issues affecting you? How's the movement for Black Lives Matter affecting you? How is COVID-19 affecting this and all the grief that you've gone through um, in this process? What are you doing or what have you done? Um, in your activism and movement. Um, I think it's important that we write that down to hold ourselves accountable, to see areas of strength and weakness. What do you plan to do? What is your idea? What moves you? Where do you feel that you can be best be heard to make the biggest change? And most importantly, as we focus on mental health at Camp Jojo, how are you checking in with yourself? How can you make sure that your actions and emotions are sustainable? Um, this is important to make sure that you're not only physically taking care of yourself, but emotionally. Are you um, checking in around enough sleep and well-balanced meals, limited um, you know, substance use, um, just making sure that you are checking your emotions and working with your support team, whether that be clinical support or a primary care physician or even family and friends that support you. Awesome. Yeah, so in short, how is all of this affecting you? And what do you plan to do with it? 
And how are you checking in with yourself to make sure that you are happy, healthy, and safe? That is the easiest way to sum it all up. If you want to share any of those thoughts with us, we'll be reflecting on this journal topic next week. Um, and again, you can email us at bonfirepod at gmail.com. Thanks, Stephanie. All right, let's get some introductions. We just did the introductions. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, let's uh, <laughs> get into our candle chat. Um, Danielle, tell everyone, you know, what for a, at summer camp, what, what is a candle chat? What, what does it mean for the kids that are at camp? Yeah, in, in ways, at the end of the day, it's a way to reflect on what was most meaningful to you and how you can take what you've learned lessons you've learned and pivot it to positive change in your future experience at camp. So it's a time to be vulnerable with your yourself and your community members and you get to feel heard and get some hope for how you can grow and self-develop right with on. your community. That's great. That's awesome. And Stephanie, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot for our first question as we get into our discussion about Black Lives Matter and supporting people of color. So are we talking about emotions regarding Black Lives Matter? Or are you going to yeah. toss me a question? Oh, no. I'm going to let you toss a question. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh... I'll totally do that. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's important that we talk about emotions. And I would love to hear from Shay coming to us from Cincinnati, Ohio. What are some emotions that you felt in this mo movement, um, Black Lives Matter? Um, I think in the beginning, I was kind of upset at the situation, you know, what happened for us have to be, you know, to have to be here and, you know, still talking about Black Lives Matter. Um, now, I think I've calmed down a little bit. Like, I'm not really as upset as I was in the beginning. In the beginning, I was like, oh, I am heated. I was so mm -hmm. upset, angry mm -hmm. at the world over something that could have been done way different, you know, and um, the situation could have been, been handled way different. So it made me feel upset that we had to see whatever we saw for um, us to still be talking about Black Lives Matter. But now I think I'm kind of calm. I um, still am a little upset, but I try to look at the good and try to see that, okay, now it's getting serious. You know, everyone is really focusing on black lives really mattering. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, not taking away from everybody's lives mattering, but right now the biggest target is black lives. So it's like everybody is understanding and now we're all trying to find ways to make our lives matter. Mm. So well now said. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> well said. <laughs> have you Thank seen you, other, I mean, how have, how have other people reacted that are close to you? Have you seen like a lot of different emotions or would you say that most people around you have gone on a similar path that you have? Um, I mean, my family has, you know, went on the same thing as me, but I think like, of course it's still very upset. Like my friends and, you know, other family members, but my very close family members like that I live with, we all are on the same path, but other people are still upset, you know, mm -hmm. and they have mm -hmm. their right to be upset, but I learned how to grieve and learn how to deal with the situation and try to look, Edit at a br brighter angle. So, That's good. I mean, it's still kind of tough, but I'm trying to stay positive. Hmm. Yeah. What do you do when you do feel sad about it? Like, it's one thing, Shay, like you were talking about, like holding that positivity in emotions, mm -hmm. but what are you doing when you lose that positivity or it kind of changes directions temporarily? 
Um, at first, I kind of shut down because I felt like um, if you wasn't a black person, you wouldn't understand how I felt. You know, so I shut down. Shut down, and most of my friends are. You know, I have a um a lot of all different race friends, so it's like I didn't know who to go to. So I'd rather just say to myself. But now I learned to like journal if I'm feeling some type of way, or pray and like, you know, take the bad thoughts out of my head. But um, at first I shut down. I wasn't talking to nobody for real about the situation. Yes, you know, I've seen it on Facebook, on the news, and everywhere. But it was like I wasn't having that open conversation about it because I was still upset. Mm-hmm. So. And it's real that we all can take a pause to internalize it or externalize it. And I'm yes. happy to hear that you've kind of recognized who your support systems are and how to even bridge those conversations with people who may not understand completely. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle, how have you felt during this time? Have you experienced any grief? Yeah, I'm angry <laughs> and yeah. I'm using... And that anger using, is real. Yeah, anger is real. And I'm using it um, to direct my attention and my, my actions to to make positive change. And protesting is one of those. But then, then again, you do need that rest and re- restoration with yourself. And if you can't go out to protest, then it's really good to, to heal. <laughs> like, it is really good to heal. And I think a big part of the healing with my community, my brothers and sisters, is celebrating Black lives. There's a, there's a lot to be shouting, mm-hmm. but it's also good to be throwing bubbles in the air and and laughing Mm -hmm. and celebrating the black joy and black life so Mm. that's that's important my some of my community members have been organizing to like carve out space for us to play (laughs) as well as to fight (laughs) so that's that's been that's been important to me to keep my spirits high absolutely and play is a language right it's how Mm -hmm. we can process it's doing sometimes when we don't have those words and I'm happy to hear that you have an area where you get to be loud and heard and you also get to be um, doing something in movement that fills your soul with Mm -hmm. people who care and are like-minded thank you thank you Stephanie that's great um Shay you mentioned you know like we've all seen that video of George Floyd and we all um I think it was a gut punch to a lot of people. You know, for myself, one of the sadder parts of that is that we see videos literally every single day. I, I use, I like the Facebook watch because I feel like I'm seeing a lot of real stuff because it's people's live streams and things like that. But when I saw it, it was before the news had kind of exploded and kind of taken hold of it and put it everywhere. And I remember just feeling so disgusted. And I remember my initial reaction was like, why would Facebook just put this on here without any sort of heads up? And the more I watched it, the more I noticed different things and had different emotions. How, what, what did that spark in each of you? I guess, Shay, I'll start with you. But how did, how did that make you feel? And how did you initially react? Um, and what was the first action that you took after absorbing all of that in so when i first seen it um at first i didn't watch it because i'm like oh i can't you know i couldn't stomach it Mm -hmm. but then i was like let me watch it and see you know exactly what happened you know because when you first see the video all you see is the you know the man with his knee and his neck so you don't see everything that's just the first image you see so when i watched it i immediately started crying because it was Mm -hmm. like what the heck are you seriously just sitting here mm-hmm. while this man is like calling out for his mom mm-hmm. he you know he's pleading for you to get off him 
So I immediately cried. I think I cried the entire video. And I mean, not like a little tear. I was weeping like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. This man just died before my eyes. Like, mm -hmm. is anybody going to help? Like, mm -hmm. even though they're the police, get him off of him. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I was so mad. Mm -hmm. I think after I watched the video, I think I went to my mom because I don't think she's seen it yet. And I went to her and I was like, did you see this video? Mm -hmm. And she was like, what? So she watched it and she just, we just was crying immediately. And I think after we saw the video, um, we went into defense mode to where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. um, we know what's about to happen next because this video is viral. It's mm -hmm. everywhere now. We know what the world is about to do. Let's get our household prepared for whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So it took us to, you know, have conversations with my brother because he is an African-American male. Um, have him, we, we talked to him and let him see the video and show, you know, just to show him, like, you have to be prepared at any, any moment, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. for anything to happen. So that was our next move. After that, I think we all went into like this quiet space mm -hmm. to where it was like, like I said, I went into a quiet place, but my whole house did. It was like weird. It was like, okay, we just seen somebody die. We seen what happened. Now we're here. And we didn't know how to feel. I don't think we, my sisters and brothers, they know how to feel. My mom didn't know how to feel because this isn't her first time, you know, having to deal with this because she's seen it when she was younger. You know, she's seen mm -hmm. something like this happen before. So it was our <laughs> first time seeing it so it's like what the heck mm. you know um yeah. i think mainly it just made me very emotional and angry because yeah. i know police officers i know um you know white people and i don't see them in a bad way but it made me angry that this one person can make me angry at people who i don't even be angry at you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so i think that was my initial thing and you know now like I said, after taking time to myself and really praying about it and thinking about it, I know that all people aren't bad, but that one person made a whole race look bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just, I still, you know, have moments where I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, I'm scared to get pulled over by the police now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, let me make sure everything is right on this car. You know, turn on my turn sickness, <laughs> yeah. everything. Wow. Yeah. Because it, it makes me afraid of what will happen if I get pulled over. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That's all I felt. Yeah. yeah. Danielle, how about you? How did, uh, yeah. what did that bring out of you, I guess? Oh, well, first, thank you, Shay, for sharing. I, I didn't watch the video. I, it's pretty self-explanatory to me. Um, cause I would be crying my ass off as well, <laughs> but I think I, it made me angry and it gave me that, that drive to why, why I'm an activist. Mm. And I think I'm focusing on this video of George, um, of the daughter, Gianna Floyd mm -hmm. on top of her uncle. And she's saying, daddy changed the world. Mm. And that's sort of what I was I was celebrating his, his, his life in that moment, watching mm -hmm. that video. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think these, these videos, like this has happened. This always happens. Like microaggressions always happens as attack to the black race of mm -hmm. people of colors race. And like, this is our, this is the first time that we have iPhones to take videos of this. And mm -hmm. I'm, it's just an interesting time and it, we're in the revolution. So yeah. welcome. Yeah. And I hope you stay, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to deal with. 
Yeah, and and Stephanie, would you describe that as a form of grief when people are watching that and they're having these feelings, regardless of race or you know where they are? I think a lot of us had very similar initial reactions to that. Absolutely, and I think too we're not just seeing George Floyd's death, we're seeing other people die. And so it's this collective grief that keeps mounting and mounting and mounting with no justice and no support behind it. And it sends such mixed signals. And then to Shay's point about seeing Gianna, then it's like, wow, this is somebody's dad. And there's Mm -hmm. that grief of, oh no, what if you've lost your own father? What Mm -hmm. if you have grieved Mm -hmm. the death of a prominent male in your own life Mm -hmm. and all that comes up? Um, and I think what we're seeing, too, in some of these protests are collective mourning, where our communities are coming together and we're saying, like, we're so sad this happened again. Mm-hmm. We're sick to our stomachs. Mm-hmm. We're speechless. We don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But when we come together, that's a, that's a lot. And that's kind of like what happens at a bonfire, right? Yep. Some nights we don't have words, but we come together and we can feel each other and we can feel that special power between us. And we're like, okay. We can take that challenge tomorrow Mm -hmm. or we can, you know, do something else or challenge the person next to us. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think there's a level of disenfranchised grief going on due to COVID Mm -hmm. um, and also the legacy of oppression Mm -hmm. and racism. Yeah. And I think I'm glad you said that because grief puts a different spin on things. And like you said, we don't know what other people have experienced. So when you're in those crowds and you do choose to be an activist and you do choose to protest, you're seeing a whole spectrum of behavior. Um, And some people that have that kind of volcanic rage that may have tapped something deep within them that only they can understand. and, And we just have to kind of be around. So I guess that's an empathy thing is when you are communicating via social media or in person or when you're out um, marching, just know that everyone, it it may have started from a similar place, but it could go into a lot of different places as well, too. So just having that empathy. Absolutely. And Joel, to that point, I think that's why journaling and taking care of your mental health on the backside before a protest or a rally and on the Um, afterwards is so key because we don't know who's grieving. We don't know what other losses have been experienced during COVID. We don't know how personal of a message it is for each person. But when we can take to that creative expression, we can go between our emotions and logics so that we can help others understand where we're coming from. Right. Well said. Thank you, everyone, for sharing that. Um, Karina, I know, you know, this, these things are extremely important to you and you are absolutely an advocate of many, many different types of people. How has this affected you and how have you, what are some things that you've done to stay positive and to, uh, keep the momentum going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's definitely affected me in a very different way, of course, because, I'm a white woman who has to consider, just really consider all sorts of privilege that I have and how to mobilize. Um, And it's been, you know, um, all over my, you know, Instagram, Facebook feeds, and um, it's called, it's allowed me to really examine what I've done so far and, um, you know, beyond just posting, like what else can we do? Where can we donate? How can we keep this momentum Mm -hmm. going? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and just considering my my black friends my friends of color like how are they feeling right now um reaching out to them and in the most sensitive way possible and seeing how i can show up and um be an ally for them in the in the best way possible so mm. it's you know combination of examining the privilege i have um seeing what i can do um and just checking in yeah. with my friends of color well, and that's a that's you you introduced me to a concept that I really I've actually been using it a lot just since we talked last week, um, mm-hmm. the ad, idea of allyship versus performative allyship, which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of a little bit of what you were just saying. But for those that may not know, um, you know, for for white folks or for folks that are adjacent to the problem, how how would you describe that for them? Um. So. Allyship versus performative allyship is something that I've seen come up on social media a lot. And I think it really brings into question, like, how have we acted before this was all over our feeds, like before this was everywhere? Um, What are we doing right now that isn't just, you know, posting a black square because everyone else is posting a black square for blackout Tuesday, which was very controversial. Um, What are we doing beyond that? And are we going to these protests for the right reasons? Um, Not just to say that we went to these protests. And I think a really important part of it is um, like, how do we continue when this isn't all everyone is posting about and how are we thinking about ways to continue now um, so that it isn't just, you know, performative because everyone's doing it. Um, yeah. and so that has like a lasting impact. Yeah. There sometimes is an obligation to be part of the social norm, whatever that social norm may be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that I know for young folks, when I was young, that can cause a lot of stress, especially if you, if there's something deep inside that you don't quite sit right with, with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the playing it safe thing, I think. Yeah, we want everyone to be safe, um, but there are things about ourself and our own vulnerability that sometimes we hide from showing to the rest of the world. And I've been very proud of the young people that I've seen that have just kind of put it all out there, have taken a moment to write an essay, have made a video to just really get themselves out there because, you know, we there's the terms like white silence and white fragility um, are important terms right now because regardless of your race, what is going on right now allows the mirror to get flipped around so that you can really look hard at yourself. And if you are going out to these protests um, and these rallies, um, or if you're immunocompromised and you can't and you're just looking for resources at home, step number one needs to be that you have internally come to peace with the fact that you care about what is going on right now. You have to. Because if you don't feel that, first off, that's not a problem, okay? That's, you, you may not have had a life experience or maybe you don't have the relationships that has gotten you to a place where you are fired up, but you need to have a personal reason that you are going mm-hmm. out. If it's because your friend wants to run around um, and drink a couple White Claws and, and be part <laughs> of the riot, that is, not, that is a good example, I would say, of that performative or that disingenuine form mm-hmm. of advocacy. 
if you're going to help me, I want to know that you're willing to do everything possible to help me. I don't want you to, I don't want there to necessarily need to be a camera there because that camera doesn't help me necessarily. Um, that camera makes you look good and show and, and checks off the list that you helped somebody. Um, it's tough. I mean, Dr. Cornell West said he would love to see a rally where no one brought their cell phone. What would that look like? Who would show up to that? Because instantaneously, you're going to know that the people that are there are there for the right reason. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, Danielle, I know you've been you've you're a huge activist for multiple issues. And I know you've been out there. How many times have you gone out so far? I've gone maybe three times, okay. partially because I'm not in the thick of it or the at the front lines per se. I'm supporting my frontliners because I'm living with an elder at home and I'm mm -hmm. wanting to stay safe in terms of COVID as well. But I've I've been noticing um, I've, I've heard questions about why is the community burning down their cities and not only protesting peacefully? Yeah. And I've seen I've, I've seen I think I, I come with what what does it take to get white attention? Mm. And I know also uh, that the five stages of grief, anger is a big one. Mm -hmm. And like emotions that come don't always know how to control their actions that mm -hmm. come with from them, from the pain. And I'm not here to judge my brothers and sisters who choose to riot. Mm -hmm. um, like that's not my way. I'm a peaceful protester, but I understand their need for expression mm -hmm. of their pain and to get their oppressors attention. So mm -hmm. I've, I'm, I've been noted, like my community is, is doing less of the, of the protesting that's performative allyship. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been very plugged in to my, the, my, my people that are insiders seeing like at CU Boulder, mm -hmm. some issues happening with them, mm -hmm. having, having it, having protests be a, photo opt mm. so it's it, there's issues everywhere and mm. that there's all the different kinds of stories happening all at once and in yeah. ways everything's helpful but but there's that, that you need to be that compassionate person to yeah. really ignite change yeah yeah it's a human force that's mm -hmm. that's that, that's what that's what we have to put um almost like when you take the sun through a magnifying glass and focus that we have to focus that human force so because that's mm -hmm. the best way that change happens. And yeah, I think what you said is true. You know, having those pictures of people out there, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I can yeah, imagine if you're if you're walking and you're seeing that it does take the wind out of your sails. Yes. a little bit. Yes. So. Um, well, let's get into, you know, there's been a lot of reactions. I would say, again, from my perspective, I'd love Shane Danielle for you to jump in but it seems like everyone agrees that what is what happened to George Floyd and others is awful right I feel like that central singularity everyone agrees that that is awful I'm sure there's some outliers that feel like it's not as awful and I know that there's been some recent people in the news um Candace Owens I believe who is you know painted a different picture of what's been going on but um I think uh the ideas from that have it's been really interesting to see and the fact that all lives matter is still kind of coming up and um that has been used in juxtaposition to black lives matter how how do you respond to that um shay when when you see people using that argument that all lives matter um as a black woman how does how how do you redirect that um honestly i don't think 
well, I've seen people do it, but it hasn't been people like who I know, so I haven't like responded. Um, I've seen like people who know the people who was saying all lives mm-hmm. matter, they checked it. Mm-hmm. But I've seen this thing on TikTok where um so it was like a scenario where a house was being burned down and another house wasn't, right? Mm. So yeah. the house that was being burned down was a black person's house. Mm. And the house that wasn't being burned down was a white person's house. Mm-hmm. And um, the girl was saying, like, uh, it was something as in, like, Black Lives Matter. And the, the lady whose house wasn't burned down, she was like, all lives matter. She was like, well, all lives does matter, but whose house is getting burned down right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the lady was like, yours. And she was like, right. So my life matter, which means black lives matter. So she was just like giving her an example of like all lives versus black lives. She was like, your house isn't getting burned down. Has it been burned down? Do you mm-hmm. know any Caucasian people whose house been burned down? And mm-hmm. she was like, no. She said, but how many um, African-American houses has been burned down? And mm-hmm. she was like, a lot. And she was like, right. So do you get where I'm saying? And the lady mm-hmm. didn't get it. So I mm-hmm. think you have to think of it like that. Yes, all lives matter. Yes, you know. Everybody lives matter, no matter mm-hmm. what. But whose lives is getting attacked the most? Right. You know, that would be my that would be my response if somebody just came to me like all lives matter. I will ask, like, have you seen any um, you know, white people being killed by a police officer lately or being hurt by anybody lately? No, mm-hmm. you've seen African Americans is women, is men, is children. Like it, it it keeps happening. So it's like all lives matter, but right now in this moment and in a long time, black lives need to matter to everybody. Uh-huh. And what's interesting too is that if if this movement is successful, if there are better constraints put on police officers, if there are better um, systems in play around systematic racism, if you know police brutality has more measures and um, people understand when police do decide to take force and when they don't, that benefits everybody. So if, if this yeah. co- comes to fruition and those new laws are put into place and new trainings are put into place for police officers, that benefits everybody. So it does circle back to all lives mattering. Mm-hmm. No matter how, where in the circle you are, if mm-hmm. you support black lives, that will ultimately benefit so much of the peace and tranquility in our world. Um, yeah. But I think people, and it goes to Karina White fragility, where it instantly feels triggered that how yeah. dare you not think that my life matters or yeah. how dare you yeah. not think my brother who's in the military fighting for everyone's freedoms life does not matter. And how dare you not think that the Latino children who are in cages at the borders lives do not matter. They all matter. But right now the black house mm-hmm. is burning down. I'm not going to mm-hmm. spray down a house that's mm-hmm. not on fire. I'm going to put all that water over here because that's where the problem is. And guess mm-hmm. what? If that house continues to burn, that whole block is going to go mm. up. In yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I've also seen a slogan on signs that I like a lot, um, which is all lives will not matter until black lives matter. Yes. And yeah. Like, yes I've this seen is that. what I like that same sentiment of like, this is what we need to address right now. Yeah. This is the most pressing matter. That's why everyone's protesting around the world. Like it's yeah. not even just the U S anymore. So. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. I mean, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but that's got to feel good in a weird way, right? To see London and uh, Turkey mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Australia all across yeah. the world. Um, Injustice mm-hmm. is not an American idea. It is mm-hmm. a human idea. And mm-hmm. so for everyone to be willing to, again, that human force, putting it all together, um, man, I really do hope we see, we look back on this moment as a, as a turning point in history. I really hope so. Um, 
All right. Well, so uh, Danielle, just kind of to talk a little bit about um, protesting versus rioting. So you've been out there three times. Yeah. You've seen a lot of different types of people. It sounds like it's generally been a positive thing for you. Yes, for me. Ha- have you seen some of the fringe, some of the more negative behavior firsthand? I haven't firsthand. I'm okay. sad. I'm. I haven't. Okay. So I, I can't speak to that. Have you but seen, I've seen anything that videos you've... from my friends getting like shot by those rubber bullets oh, wow. <laughs> or like and like getting prepared for those tear gas? Yeah. Um, like they have the milk to pour on their faces yeah. just in case. So yeah. it's my friends are there. They are experiencing this. Yeah. But not in my close circle. So for for the young folks that do feel that same, you know, f- that feel compelled in the way that you did to get out there mm-hmm. how would you where where is the line between protesting and writing i know that's a big thing that has been talked about an, an unnecessarily uh, amount of time is people yeah. looting and rioting and mm-hmm. anarchy and chaos but every single person i've talked to in every single live stream that i've watched it looks like it's a very positive peaceful experience how yeah. how would you define that behavior for anyone that may be going out there Mm, define so like what's the line for you between protesting and rioting i i don't know the line i just i don't judge the people who are rioting okay i don't judge them because i know like with with every movement their violence is a symptom Mm. and it's gonna be there and the reason that it's showing up in my understanding is because that's just the way that people are expressing their pain. Mm. And, and, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to fully explain it, Yeah, but I know that well, and it's kind of bit... going, Oh, oh go sorry. Ahead. Go, go ahead, Karina. Karina. Um, just going off that, what we were talking about a little bit earlier was um, when some people have the question i'm fine with protesting but i don't Mm -hmm. condone violence and looting um i mean we know like historically that um in the u.s like violence and kind of more um extreme measures have sort Mm -hmm. of the things that actually led to change Mm -hmm. um so kind of how do you I know you said that um, yeah. it's not your preferred um, mm-hmm. method of getting change, but um, how do you kind of address the people who say, um, who kind of like, I guess, judge the ways in which people protest? Yeah. I I don't know how to fully address them, but... I would say like when you said historically that sort of triggered something in 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 my head of stuff that I've been, in like the information in the news that I've been seeing recently a lot of the violence has come from people with intense power and that is primarily the white community so, mm-hmm. so even it's not only my black brothers and sisters that are rioting it's also um the white community that's a little bit in my opinion a little bit more prone to violent being violent before speaking um Mm -hmm. and some of some of the violence um has been told that the 
black community is starting it when it's not that it's the white community so i've noticed that sort of piece in there so i i i'd say yeah i'm not entirely sure what to say but shay could you help me out <laughs> um i guess what i would say is we can't judge we can't judge the people who are writing honestly because just like danielle said it's not necessarily the black people that's starting it from what I've seen, mm-hmm. um, there is, you know, white people starting it and making it seem like that it's the black people doing it. But honestly, just like I think someone said this earlier, violence, you know, sometimes violence is your way of getting your voice heard. So I think some yeah. people just think, OK, if I burn down the CNN building or if I trash the CNN building, they're going to take me serious now. Mm. You know, they're going to take that my life matter or my grandkids life matter my you know my my cousins my kids life matter so what do we have to do for you guys to understand that we're serious about our life mattering so i think Mm. they're doing it out of anger because they are hurt because it keeps circling around it keeps happening it's not like okay this is the first time that somebody got killed you know or somebody has been hurt Mm. this keep happening Mm. you know um so i think people are doing it so that they can really show that I need to do this for my kids. You know, I need to do this so that they can live past 10, 11, 13. They can have an 18th birthday, you know, just because of one thing. They feel that um, them burning down something is going to get their verse heard. So me, honestly, I can't judge them because I haven't burned down anything. You know, I can't say that I'm perfect because I didn't do it. But I think Mm -hmm. if I was in that mindset of me having children, I would do it too, you know, but I don't have any kids. So I can't say, who am I defending? You know, who am I trying to make a change for? Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's getting I'll, that it's getting that attention out. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if I would judge them. I think I respect them because I get it. You know, our voice voices yeah. need to be heard, but it is a way to doing it. Sometimes we can be peaceful, but if the peaceful is not working, you gotta go, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah it's one of the, one of those five stages of grief. It's that anger yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. It's that anger and pain. It's a way of grieving. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's I wonder also... if it's go ahead. I wonder if it's prolonged grief, right? I wonder mm-hmm, if it's for sure coming out of a place of pure exhaustion where you're feeling so many emotions at once. You're feeling anger, Let you're feeling despair, you're feeling sadness, you're feeling fear, you're skeptical that you cannot put words to that in that moment. And mm-hmm when there's so many people and I know for a lot of our cities, we're having problems getting people in and out of cities. If you're not in, like if you're not living in the city, so then people may feel like they're stuck. Right. So they're tired, they're mounting emotions. And it's like, what else can I do? Yeah. Yeah. And And I think go ahead, Shay. And then you got to think about it. We've been on quarantine for so long (laughs) and then this happened. So it's like, let's go out. You know, everybody's Mm -hmm. angry that they've been in their houses. Couldn't go to work. So it's like quoted Joel, get your wiggles yeah, out. That's excitement that's building exactly. up. So it's like, okay, we're outside. This just happened. Okay, they're not hearing us when we're being peaceful. So let's do something. You yes. know I mean? yeah. so it's like a a lot of built up tension that they're trying to get out that they don't know is bad at the moment. But mm-hmm. in their head, it's like, okay, we gotta do something. But then there's another yeah. component where the violence maybe gets the airtime in the news and there's less, yeah. oh, here's black healing or here's black celebration. 
Mm-hmm. There's just yeah. a lot of the violence gets the airtime. So yeah, because it's like okay, we did the peaceful thing for two days. And now that we're rioting, <laughs> now everyone knows you, about you, it. Now everyone yeah. knows, knows about that. Well, yeah, yeah, but you didn't see us when we were peaceful. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's it's mm-hmm. like you're born into this world and you're given all this baggage from the previous generations. You know, it was three yes. people ago, three human lives ago, people were in slaves or, or were slaves, and and you have all that pressure, all that lack of change, and mm-hmm. the more you pressurize something, it is going to explode. It eventually mm-hmm. is going to explode. Um, but after that explosion, things look a little bit differently. And like yeah. I know last week, the Denver police announced that they have limitations now on how they're going to be using tear gas, how they're going to be using rubber mm-hmm. bullets. That to me is a sign that whatever is happening is working because they're, and then you have police officers and, and she, Chief Isaac in Cincinnati that are taking a knee and are walking with people. So there is absolutely far more positive change happening than negative change. Unfortunately, yeah. the news doesn't, doesn't always paint that. that picture. Mm-hmm. And I, my biggest recommendation is watch those live streams. If you really want to know what's going on, find a live stream and watch it because that is the closest to being um, in it that you can possibly get. And it gives you a more truthful, truthful uh, depiction of what is happening instead of mm-hmm. being told by a news anchor, a white news anchor in a lot of cases, what is actually happening out there. Yeah, just yeah. like um, I know one of the biggest things that just happened in Cincinnati yesterday where we had men in suits and women in heels and they yeah. marched, like they protested yesterday. Oh, right on. From like 12 to like, two i think and mind you yesterday it was hot outside i mean <laughs> up. but i mean it was a lot of african-american men dressed up in suits women in mm-hmm. outfits and heels and they walked they protested and all that preachers pa- you know pastors mm-hmm. everything everywhere i did it and mm-hmm. i didn't see it on the news so it was mm-hmm. just like okay we're doing something positive now yep mm-hmm. you know we're not messing up yeah mm-hmm. how come this didn't get noticed exactly but the bad mm-hmm. did so yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's that yeah. kind of thing too yeah but it was like a nice thing i mean it was a lot of people officers showed up walked with the people it was a lot yeah. of people but i didn't see it on the news yeah interesting yeah yeah so karina what are some i mean i know you've done a ton of research um because you can't you can't go out and riot and yeah you know, or i shouldn't say riot protest <laughs> <laughs> um but what are some things that you found that people can do from home that can help and support what is happening right now? Mm -hmm. Um, I think definitely sharing information, um, even though it seems like we're kind of bogged down by like a lot of stuff coming at us right now. Um, But also um, if you're in a place, if you're financially able, definitely just donating, just opening your pockets and finding those you know, bail funds are really important right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding those reliable places to donate, um, I think that can go a long way. Um, and if you're not able to, um, I think just continuing to educate ourselves at yeah. home. Yeah. Films, movies, there have been so many lists circulating, um, podcasts, just... Um, and also, I think something that kind of gets overlooked is just having really important, you know, intense conversations with your family members and whoever you're quarantining with or whoever's 
around you and like having mm-hmm. those difficult conversations um, is really important and can have um, a longer, especially for, um, you know, our parents, my parents' generation, me and my cousin talking to my mom and my aunt and just, um, we, you know, it's, it's vastly different now than when they were growing up. And so even though you might think you and your parents have like really like-minded opinions, things have really changed and just like for like continuing the conversation, even just with your immediate family members, I think it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess it all boils down to how can we help? How can anyone help? Right. Um, so let's, we're kind of coming out of the podcast now, but Shay, how, how do you think people can help? And I, and then I guess to counter that, what are some things that you think aren't helping? Um, I think people can help by, um, wanting to do it, um, wanting to protest or wanting to, um, donate or whatever, you know, is going on right now for you to be able to help with, um, you know, the black lives matter movement, but I want people to do it, um, because they want to don't do it because you see others doing it. Um, do it because it's something that you genuinely care about, you know, don't let it be. Okay. I see these people protesting. I don't have nothing to do. So I'll go do it. You know what Mm. I mean? Let it be Mm -hmm. something that you truly want to do. Do you really want to see the change or do you want to just watch it happen? You know? Yeah. Um, I think people, you got to do it like you have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the that's my biggest thing. If you want to help, actually want to help. Um, I think you can donate. I don't really know like the information on that, but they have like a thing where you could donate money to help the Black Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing things on Facebook or giving your own personal opinion or yeah. even checking up on your mm-hmm. friend mm-hmm. or, you know, actually seeing <laughs> what what does this Black Lives Matter mean if you don't know. You know, take your time to research, whatever it is. Just actually do it from your heart. Don't do it because you see other people doing it. That's my thing. Thank you. Yeah, I think you have to educate yourself first. So then you understand why you care or understand what needs to change. So that's Mm -hmm. like, you got to do, you got to do it at the individual level, but baby, you're not, you're going to be connected collectively. Everyone's going to be doing that. So you're not doing it alone. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to start small. So start with yourself, educate yep. yourself, like, like, and ask your friends, ask your friends to do it with you. Like, that's the biggest part. And like Shay said, like, share, share black stories, share, like, support black communities and businesses and, and all that start is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of your friends are probably checking in on you. Um, <laughs> how, how, <laughs> How can they, you know, I guess we have to trust that if you say you're okay, you're okay. But um, I guess how can people support the friends that they have that might be negatively or deeply affected by what's going on? What are some things that have helped you or things that you've done that have helped others? Um, I think if you send like a, a, a message, like a nice text message, like, hey, I know there's a lot going on. Uh, right now, I just wanted to check on you. It's okay if you don't respond, you know, because things are tough right now. I just want to show that I care. Mm. A simple mm-hmm. message where you're not being 
you're not overbearing them, but you're yeah. still showing that you care. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that goes a long way. I think if I was, you know, my friends, they check up on me all the time and I'm open to, you know, we have those tough conversations, you know, mm -hmm. and most of my friends come from people that I work with at camp. So we have those conversations mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. like, it helps me because it's like, you actually care. Mm -hmm. It's not that you want to, because you see what's going on. You care for real about yeah. how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm open to telling them how I feel and they're good at responding, you know, but mm -hmm. some people aren't, some people is just like, okay, stop asking me. How am I? So if you send one message and they see it and you see that they read it, just let that be that. Okay. They know that I care. Mm -hmm. And then when things die down, they'll come back to you. They'll come back around and, you know, mm -hmm. talk to you. But right now it's kind of a tough situation. Some people is dealing with it way harder than others. Mm -hmm. So yeah. mm -hmm. I say you, you sing your, your little nice message if they don't respond, that's okay. You know that they care. They read it. Yeah. yeah. What about sending your honest message, Shay, too, and acknowledging that, you know, I'm sending this message and I'm doing the best I can. I may have used the wrong language. That's not my intent. Like, or mm -hmm. even saying to the person, like, I noticed yesterday you looked really exhausted. Like, it's about showing up when we're grieving. Mm -hmm. And right now in this collective grief, we need to just show up, right? Yeah. It might be a handwritten note on your doorstep. It could mean dinner. It could yeah. mean a note on your windshield. It mm -hmm. could mean, hey, I can't go to the front lines because I'm immunocompromised mm -hmm. or because I care about somebody I'm living with. But here's an extra mask yes. or, yeah. you know, yeah. here's my cell phone number for a ride. Mm -hmm. um, I think often in grief, we get so avoided because we don't know the How right help. thing to yeah. say that we don't say anything at all. And we need mm -hmm. to take a risk and show up. Yes, that you you nailed that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. feelings, uh, it's, feelings have a much larger vocabulary than words, and so just yeah. showing what you feel and that you care, regardless of how you say it, I think at the end of the day, like Shay said, that's really all that matters. Six feet yeah. apart, right? Socially appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and I think I think fear is a huge halter. So if you're afraid of saying the wrong thing, um, then you're not going to be able to help with with your actions. So if you just blatantly ask hey how can i help mm -hmm. or what do you need from me that's mm -hmm. also a good way to navigate that too mm -hmm. not fully mm -hmm. knowing what to do mm -hmm. or how to help yeah mm -hmm. well said um let's uh end let's end with some resources so i know danielle karina shay you all have mm -hmm. mentioned education and empathy mm -hmm. are key as kind of your your homework before you decide to take a stand. So are there some books, movies, anything that you feel like um, are really helpful for young people or um, white folks that are just trying to really connect to what is going on right now? Um, we spoke about this before. Um, I think we can all agree that the hate you give, which can be found on Hulu's an excellent movie um, focuses on an individual who witnesses a friend killed by brutality and police brutality. And it's like a very personal narrative of how the community affected mm -hmm. um, as well as it also depicts, you know, silence from white communities and the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good movie. Yeah. To watch. I think, I think another movie, a uh, good movie would be um, do the right thing. Mm. That's a good yeah. movie. Um, it shows um, I, the police killing an African-American man um, because of, I can't remember exactly what happened in the movie, but 
I think he threw a brick into uh, um, the pizza spot, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He did something, and they ended up killing him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the whole neighborhood was upset. So it made them, you know, we got to get justice for this this one individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good one because yeah. it shows police brutality too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any books that any you, you guys would recommend hmm. or articles that I... you've, you've come across? I like Between the World and Me by Ta Nahashi Coates. It's a great um, understanding of like the racial dis- divide in America, and it's it's pretty life changing. I would read that. Great. I'm trying to think of other books. Hmm. No, I would also say, from the mental health perspective, on resources that resources are amazing, but we don't have to take it all in in one sitting. So it's yeah. important to dose ourselves in them because it's a lot of information to comprehend and it can bring up a lot of feelings. It can bring up a lot of guilt and shame and anger and sadness. And so it's important that we address those feelings while balancing, taking in the intellectual information from these resources. Yeah. You have to give yourself yeah. time to digest and really put Absolutely. into context. You can't just keep eating and expect that you'll never get full. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Um, and yeah. for me, just to tag on, all of those are great, but find someone that you can talk to about it. Um, whether yeah. that's yeah. your therapist or a good friend or a parent, but find someone that you can untangle all this information that you're getting, all these feelings yes. that you're having. Um, because especially under COVID, like Shay said, um, that's a huge source of reality that we don't have access to, which is other yeah. people. And so, I mean, I went to a park today with my kids and I, it took everything I had to not just start <laughs> conversations with strangers. Cause I was so excited to see human beings again. Um, yeah. but if that's what you need to get to a point of understanding, then call somebody up, do a FaceTime, yeah. whatever you need to do. So Awesome. Well, thank you, Karina, Shay, Danielle, Stephanie. Um, I appreciate your opinion and I appreciate everything that you've done for all the people that are close to you. Um, I love what Danielle said and so did some of our listeners. Um, Welcome to the revolution and I hope you stay. So um, you said that early on, Danielle. So good Mm -hmm. job. You have fans out there. Hashtag Danielle (laughs) for Prez. Um, And... um, I guess in the spirit of summer camp is don't treat people um, like what you see, but treat them like the people that they hope to be someday. The book I would recommend would be Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, which is a really stark reminder that Mm. no matter how hard you try, we all have prejudice. We all have Mm -hmm. stereotypes for many different things. And the moment you understand what those are, you can make them go away. But if you pretend they're not there... They will become a monster inside you, whether you realize it or not. So black lives do matter. Teen lives matter. Mm -hmm. And uh, we always want to and feel free to jump in, Stephanie. But please, if you're ever feeling like you need to talk to someone um, or if you're ever feeling like you might harm yourself or someone else, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. If it's hard to talk, then text. Um, You can text the word talk to three eight two five five um if you're looking for other resources around your mental health you can go to the sprc.org and remember it is pride month and um that is a a a community that is also dealing with this and um 
in a, in a really emotional way. Um, so if you are um, LGBTQA and you're looking for someone to talk to or you're looking for some help, please call 1-866-488-7386. Um, there's tons of resources. Please check the show notes. You can find all of our social media, including all of these resources for help. Um, I'll put out the books and the films that were recommended. And next week, we're going to talk about the movie Do Not Do the Right Thing, The Hate You Give. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to talk about that at the end of the podcast. So um, my name is Joel. And for all of these wonderful women here, thank you for being the spark that can hopefully make the change that we want to see in the world. Yeah. Email us at bonfirepod at gmail.com. And I'll go ahead and play um, our song from our friend Aaron Baskin. True Colors. Thanks, everybody. You with the sad eyes Don't be discouraged, oh, I realize It's hard to take courage